Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Thanks for listening to Creative Control. Uh, while I have you here, please consider supporting Youth Empowerment and Support Services, otherwise known as YES. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, YES provides immediate and low-barrier overnight and day shelter, temporary supportive housing, and individualized wraparound supports for young people aged 15 to 24. They work collaboratively within a network of care focused on the prevention of youth homelessness by providing youth with the necessary supports to stabilize their housing, improve their well-being, build life skills, connect with community, and avoid re-entry into homelessness. Learn more about how to donate or otherwise support YES by visiting YESS.org. Hey, this is Trevor from Halifax calling in to say that I support Creative Control on Patreon because I think long-form arts journalism is a crucial part of music culture and there's simply not enough of it out there today. Vish is a master interviewer, he lands great guests, and he has his finger on the pulse of the ever-changing music landscape both here in Canada and abroad. For all of these reasons and many more, I think you should support Creative Control on Patreon too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol today. I'm Visha's wife, and I will love him no matter what you do. And now he has me on the record saying that. Thin end of the wedge, scabby head, crawled under the bench, scabby legs, pigeon on a Kate's Tables is a gifted songwriter, musician, and singer currently based in Paris, France. Originally from Winchester, England, Stables has led the acclaimed band This Is The Kit for more than 20 years, releasing six lovely albums to date, including the band's latest, which was produced by Griff Reese, who is likely best known for his work in Super Furry Animals. The album is called Careful of Your Keepers. It was released on June 9th, 2023, by Rough Trade Records, and it prompted Kate and I to connect in person at a venue called Festival Place in Sherwood Park, located just outside of Edmonton, Alberta, where This Is The Kit played a show recently. Now, a few hours before they hit the stage, 
Kate and I had a fun talk about things like touring in Canada in the winter, her love of The Simpsons and Despicable Me, and how such pop culture creations sneak their way into her songs. All of the chewing and biting imagery on Careful of Your Keepers and what it made me think of. How repeating something doesn't mean it's not changing all the time. Being parented and parenting. More tour dates, other future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this donor-driven podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control, which is the primary and most reliable way for podcasters like me to make a living. And that is currently my primary source of income. So if you can, please support my work on Patreon uh, today. Plus in-kind support from the likes of Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 840 of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and brilliant Kate Stables from This Is The Kit, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Going deep, choosing what to keep, treasure chest, painful letting go. That were unrolled Came undone Unraveling a hole Came undone Breaking of a limb When you fell Breaking of a branch So you fell Hi Kate, how's it going? Good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm well. It's nice to meet you and be in person with someone. I haven't done this in so long. I'm yeah, it's really nice. i remote things. Yeah. yeah, welcome to Alberta. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Have you been here before? Yes, but in summer we played at Calgary and Edmonton folk festivals. Yes. And it was a very different uh, sky <laughs> and wet weather conditions and ground. <laughs> Touring in the winter in February is daunting at the best of times. Yeah, you was, coming to Canada yeah, as well. A bit foolhardy maybe. I mean, when our sort of booking agent proposed it, I was I did sort of think, are you sure? But... <laughs> I think it's all right. So far, so good. I, uh, anything notable about this trip? How many Canadian dates have you done? This is this will be the second, okay. and then we've got two more coming up soon after we've done a bit of the States, and then we'll come back for Toronto and Montreal. Yeah. But um, this particular run, notable, well, it's just pretty exciting to be in Canada, because we don't come as often, you know, it's always sort of like one or two dates with a US tour, so it's nice to sort of do three or four this time instead. <laughs> do you have a particular affinity for Canada? Do you like Canada? Do you know much about Canada? I don't think I know much about it, but I do like it. I guess we've all got our own sort of pre-constructed romantic ideas about different countries. Yeah. And Canada is one that particularly sort of fascinates me and just northern places I like. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, exciting land and exciting to be here and, and it's a different type of person you meet I guess as well. Are you shocked when you see that we have your royalty on our money? The the British royalty I should say? Well I feel a bit guilty Yeah, I feel bad, yeah <laughs> We are, I'm joking of course, but yes we are somehow still, you know we were a colony, we still have some uh, British roots. Still got some residue Yeah, yeah so that's, that's a bit strange probably to see your people on, on our money. Well I, I don't think of them as my people but I right. know what you mean yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad the tour is going well. Congratulations on this. Well, I say new. This record's been out since the fall. Is that correct? Since June, even actually. June. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. my goodness. Okay. I know we t- we started touring in the fall, but it came out in June, and and so yeah, we've been trotting it around for a while now. So you've had a lot of time to process this record since it's been out you've probably talked to people like me who are teaching you things about the record in a way anything particularly illuminating for you in that process and also in playing the songs live Mm, let me think let me dig back because it's true that it's been a while since i've done like you know when it's like promo week or whatever and it's intensive interviews you're like sort of oh wow yeah that question oh yeah i didn't hadn't thought about that about that song (laughs) but now i've got to dig up all the sort of epiphanies that have happened since the album's come out but um but it I do I can't think of anything particular, but it is true that it's always an interesting like there's writing the songs, then you sort of discover them a bit more when you're working them out with a band. Yeah. Then you discover more things that you didn't realise about them when you record them. And then when you start like touring them, that's when it really you know, like dots start getting joined up when you're singing them sort of live and you're like sort of, Oh, that bit and that bit and that joins together there you yeah. know it's it's quite interesting it's investigation of my own brain by a very sort of circuitous route <laughs> are you someone who tends to write your records in a in a batch or are you like pulling songs from like oh yeah five years ago i tried a thing and it didn't work i'm gonna try to squeeze it in yeah a little bit of that i yeah. guess i guess mainly it's batch by batch because but i do have yeah leftover bits and bobs that get carried over and then make it into a song and there's you know there's certain lines and ideas that I've been sort of bubbling up in my notebooks for years and then they'll they'll eventually find a home and then but yeah I I I don't write all the time I can only write when I'm not on tour (laughs) so like so that makes it quite batchy okay but but yeah there are definitely things that I sort of think about for years before they then appear in a song are you, would you characterize this album as being that kind of, I don't want to say hodgepodge because that sounds disparaging. No, no. But, I, but I, that I kind of temporal, <laughs> like grabbing from the past and, and also writing currently? Um, it is a little bit, but maybe less so than the other albums, I would say. Hmm. There's definitely one, there's a line, there's a, there's a sort of line stolen from an episode of The Simpsons. Choo, choo, choo. Yeah, that yeah. is in this album that I've definitely been like, meaning to put into a song right. for years probably since like the first time I saw that episode yes. so like that's kind of finally found its home but other than that it feels like it was of a particular time this album I think yeah but I also am someone that's prone to having certain thoughts on a quite a cyclical basis yeah. so things that I was thinking about five years ago bubble up again but in a slightly different way (laughs) are you i feel like you're a pop culture sort of aficionado perhaps maybe oh i don't know about that what do you mean by pop culture the simpsons you reference yeah i keep quoting loads of like but but today just this morning i come downstairs i'm the third last person in my family to make it down to the kitchen uh for breakfast and my daughter who's nine and my wife are already there yeah my daughter's got minions on and yeah, I well say, spotted. Yes. Yeah, so I says to my wife, I says, you know, I was reading up on this new album by <laughs> this is the kid. And uh, I feel like uh, Kate has an affinity for Gru, something Gru said. Is that I correct? I do love Gru. And yeah. he, I just love it when he says light bulb. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
And my daughter says to me, uh, after the light bulb scene yeah. today, <laughs> Papa, do you know that light bulbs, uh, we say that light bulbs are, are represent uh, good ideas because the light bulb itself was such a good idea. And I say, no, I never heard that before. Where yeah. did you hear that? And she says, YouTube. Great. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd never heard that as well. Well, you know about the light bulb. I over know the that head. it's a good yeah. idea. It's, yeah. it's you know the universal symbol for I've had a good idea. Yeah, but I didn't know it's because light bulbs Apparently, were such a good according idea. According to my daughter, who is nine and watches YouTube, that's what it is. Yeah. So well, why not? So things like I caught the choo choo choos me, yeah. and then it made me think because I started watching The Simpsons when I was, I guess I must have been twelve years old. It came out yeah. around nineteen eighty nine. Uh-huh. And so I've lived with that show for a long time, but I have not been paying attention to it. Yeah. And then I made the Minions connection or Despicable Me, I guess. Yeah. You are a cartoon person at least. I didn't think I was, but since yeah. the past sort of couple of albums have made me realize that I am. And it's you quite like animation, yeah. Like, I think, or maybe it's just, yeah, it's not necessarily, I don't know. It's true. I keep accidentally sort of quoting cartoons but there's also other stuff that i sort of steal from which isn't cartoons but that is kind of you know stuff on the telly right <laughs> so i guess um yeah i wonder it's funny i have recently i've realized that about myself that i there are certain cartoons i really love cartoons is one thing what else on the telly uh, is it british stuff american stuff can you think of stuff you've cribbed from yeah i do like british that well i can a particular bit of thievery that I can think of is <laughs> <laughs> from. Um, I wasn't sent here to investigate you, by the way. No, this I'm is just not. Con- this is like. Yeah. Okay. I'm voluntarily confessing this. <laughs> was from the '90s, the BBC '90s rendition or whatever of Pride and Prejudice. Oh, with Colin Firth. With Colin Firth, exactly. Yeah. It was his sort of breakthrough yeah. role, I guess. Yeah. And Mr. Darcy, as Mr. I recall. Mr. Darcy, exactly. Yes. And then in one of my songs. I I steal a line from Mrs. Bennett. Mrs. Bennett. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember the line? I do. Yeah, but I don't like telling people about okay. it because I like it when they find it. For Figure themselves. it out. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> when you throw in, as I recall, if memory serves, I've not seen this Simpsons episode in a long time. It's yeah. Ralph Wiggum. It's it's Ralph Wiggum. It is Lisa Simpson feeling bad because no one's given Ralph a Valentine's card, yeah. and so she decides to give him one yeah. to be friendly. Right. And it's that I choose to choose you, and then, and then you've got to. Face the con- then Lisa has to face the consequences yes. of like winning Ralph's heart. His affection, yeah. yeah. So in that dynamic, and this might seem like a tangent, but I like that it's also germane. Yeah. In that dynamic, do you relate more to Ralph Wiggum or Lisa Simpson? That's a good question. Well, it's I think in- Lisa Simpson. Lisa. Yeah, I think Lisa. Because so- I don't feel sad if I don't have a Valentine's card. But I would feel sad if I felt like someone else was sad because they didn't have a Valentine's card. Okay. So it's the empathy of the situation that speaks to you. I think so, yeah. Can you relate to Ralph or Lisa in that? You say Lisa. So clearly you have a bit of Lisa in you. And by the way, for those who have not seen the show, The Simpsons, it's been on a long time. It's a cultural institution. It is. Lisa is... Lisa, still, I haven't followed the show in some time, but for a long time, Lisa was kind of the moral center of the show. Yeah. And represented the progressive sort of, whenever the writers wanted to tackle like a progressive or political issue, Lisa was involved. That's true. I will say growing up, and as much as I'm most aligned with Lisa, I found those episodes to be a little bit more of a drag. What, the moral ones? Yeah. Kind of, but the Malibu Stacey episode is pretty good. Yes, and predates the whole Barbie situation <laughs> yeah, by, so, by yeah. quite a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Lisa as a character on this, I don't know, all of us thought 
Homer was interesting because he was dumb, but he seemed to get away with it. Yeah, yeah. And, which, and yeah, he's just sort of touchingly... It's touching how sort of... Um, just how he is. Yes. You know, we yes. can... Ident- there, there is like part of... A, how, you know, we all have a bit of Homer Simpson in us. Yes, I think that's true. And hopefully we have a, a little bit of Lisa in yeah, us. So if we're lucky. when you grab that line from that episode, mm-hmm. that's for the Simpson heads, probably, yeah. on some level. What is anyone that grew up in the 90s? <laughs> is there any other, like, because that's a Valentine's Day card. I mean, some of us can relate to it for other reasons. But yeah. to you, like, you put this out there. Are you like, let's see if the Simpsons people catch this? Or what are you thinking when you yeah, do Yeah, I mean, a part of it is a fun game of, like, see who can find the, you know, the Mrs. Bennett quote from Pride and right. Prejudice or whatever. Right. But mainly that line I just loved as soon as I heard it and just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And, you know, I've been wondering about a way of using it in a song for years. And then, <laughs> and then I just found myself, um, and then it just sort of was exactly the right line for this song that I was writing that was talking about chewing. So it's not a train song. It's not a choo-choo train song. It's That's a right. choo-choo chewing song. Right. So there's chewing and biting Mm. comes up a lot on this record yeah and i want before i dive into i know you've done a lot of press and you haven't thought about these things probably in a while because the record's been out a while Mm -hmm. i was listening to this record and i was pondering what you were singing about and the biting and the chewing and i have a very specific thing that it 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 conjures something for me okay but i'm curious if you can first before i launch into this okay can you talk about why you think biting chewing in particular like something about that thing that we do all of us do all animals do yeah when you ponder the narrative voice on this record who is doing the chewing who is doing the biting can you speak to that a little bit um well i guess it depends who is doing the singing of the song right who the words are coming from and i'm i and i guess i feel like that varies quite a lot song to song and it does and i'm also a big believer in like the opposite always being true or more than one truth being true. Mm. So sometimes it sounds like it's, I don't know, main person in the story saying it. But actually, I also believe that it's like more peripheral people that are involved in the situation or maybe just like an external voice rather than an internal voice. Yeah, I don't know. It's tricky. So even if someone is speaking in the first person, you think that that could be the narrative itself is almost someone observing that person? Yeah, or I think more often I find myself thinking, like someone's talking about someone in this... Do I mean second or third person? I mean third person. Third person, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, and quite often I hear people using third person and I think, oh, you're talking about yourself, yes. aren't you? So I feel like that is what my brain sort of does. Yeah. And. But yes, I can't, again, I've forgotten what the original question was. Well, I framed it as uh, <laughs> uh, me wanting to launch into my own thoughts about who these voices, where they were yeah. coming from. Yeah. So my question was basically about these narrative voices. At one point, there is a song, I guess, about a pigeon. Oh, yeah. Or maybe that, even two pigeons. Perhaps two pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> and there's references to their scabby heads and legs and stuff yeah. like that. Here's what I'm thinking, and I don't know if it's because I'm a parent uh, who likes animals. But yeah. when I first started to hear, when this record sort of kicks off, the economy of the language, like there's a lot of repetition. Yeah. There's not a lot of language. It made me think, first of all, of dogs. Oh, cool. And I thought there was some dog stuff going on. And I don't know what that means. And yeah. then the second thing was babies. Okay. 
People who are trying to figure biting, teething, like there's that it's kind true of thing. That, that yeah. is a that is quite a significant de- developmental sort of stage. And I feel like I remember when my daughter was a baby. Yeah, I remember having quite strong similar urges. Like I remember when she, like before she was on solids, I just wanted to like. Whenever she was nursing, I would just want to be drinking through a straw. I mean, obviously, that's not the same thing as You wanted to nursing. relate to her? No, in- I didn't want to relate oh. to I just physically had the oh. urge to. Oh. I was just like, give me a drink and give me a straw now. <laughs> a straw specifically, <laughs> Yeah, though. like I wanted oh. to. It was, it was quite funny and just, you know, and you notice them putting things in their mouths. And I also noticed that I wanted to be putting things in my mouth, yeah. in my mouth, in my one mouth. In your one mouth. But physiologically, there, obviously, that's a major sensation. Yeah. It's, I feel like humans need it. We're sort of yeah. mouthy creatures. <laughs> okay. So, but there's clawing at things on the record. And like, yeah. there, like I say, there's a song that, I mean, I believe they're even referenced as pigeons. What it, about what about animals? What about pets? It's true that um, I'm interested in your dog idea. Okay. Because I'd never thought about that before. But it's true. There could be some doggy elements. And I feel like, yeah, I was born in the year of the dog. The year of the dog? Yeah. What is that year? I don't even know. 82. Oh, okay. That's Water the year dog. dog. Okay. And I do really love dogs. And <laughs> I've been thinking recently about how, and this also makes me think about your baby's comment. Because the, the reason, I, I don't know if this is wise for me to share this, but... The other day I realised that when I see someone walking by with like a pushchair or pram with a baby in it, I, it makes me feel quite anxious and worried for the future. Oh. But when I see someone walking past with a dog, it makes me feel re- like hopeful for oh. the future. The dog. The dog, yeah. The, the dog um, has a, a, a more limited lifespan than the, the child, actually. The, and the dog will do very little to contribute to society. Maybe that's what's reassuring. Oh. I don't know. I just feel so bad for the kid that's gonna have to grow up and be a human and i feel so grateful to the dog for being so loving and in the moment i see so the dog has this finite life as we all do i guess yes but we don't like to think of ourselves as having these finite lives until we absolutely have to probably i I think i like thinking about it you do i think i think about it quite a lot yeah why is that don't know i guess uh (laughs) maybe it's good Maybe I'm sort of trying to test to see if I've got an okay relationship with death. Have you resolved this? Do you feel like you do? I think it's probably an ongoing work in progress thing for everyone. But yeah, it's the sort of thing I poke at occasionally and think about. Is there death on this album? Mm, Yes. Okay. But not as much as on the one before. Right. So did something... Did something die? <laughs> Did something or someone prompt you to ponder this? Sorry, I, as no, you may fine. guess... I, I feel I, like I've accidentally led this down this path. No, no, my, no, 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 my, not at all. I my babies and dogs. No, thought. no, I mean, that's a good... I never really thought about this before, but because I, my thing that I often observe when you're walking down the street mm-hmm. is if someone uh, is pushing a, a, a baby carriage and you feel comfortable you and they... You, you might say, oh, hello, how are you? How's it going on? How's this person? How's the yeah. little person doing? Then you part, depart. Yeah. I have found that when a person and a dog are coming towards me, you go, hey, little buddy, how's it going? Oh, you're a good little boy. And then you don't say anything to the person and you just keep walking. That's a weird thing we have. Kind of, but I don't think I do that. I think okay. I talk you're to the dog nice. owner. 
And I think possibly... I think I, I, I have done both, but I, my friend and I, this actually happened. As we were walking away, I said, did you notice that neither of us said anything to the person? He's like, yeah, that was a bit odd. <laughs> so anyway, there's some relationship we have with the innocence of the dog and the innocence of the baby. Maybe, yeah. And the adult doesn't have anything to yeah, do Yeah, they're just the sort of, you know, bearer. Yes. But I think, yeah, I think more often I find myself communicating with the kid and not the parent. Yeah. You know, because often it's like they're on a shoulder in front of you in the queue. The parent can't see you and you can just have a bit of a goofy time with the kid. Yes, that's true. That's true. But like, so the first couple of songs on this record are Goodbye, Bite Mm -hmm. and Inside, Outside. Yeah. And why they made me think of, I think it may be obvious. Actually, here's a weird conflation. Dogs and babies. Yeah. (laughs) Probably have a similar (laughs) relationship with these two songs and these two ideas of being... I was inside, now I'm outside. I, okay. I, I want to be in the other place almost always. I okay. think dogs in particular, we, you know, depending on your situation, your dog spends all its time inside. Can't wait to get outside. Just wants to be outside all the mm-hmm. Do you have a dog? Do you have an animal? No, I don't. No, I don't think. No, I live in a very small situation and I go on tour all the time yeah. and I don't want to buy industrial meat. Right, of course. <laughs> okay. So have you ever had a pet? I used to have a lot of guinea pigs when I was growing up because they just ate grass. And 10 years ago, whatever, my daughter had a couple of rats and they were lovely. Rats and guinea pigs. Yeah. No ethical quandary there. I mean, yeah, there's always ethical yeah. quandary with yeah. with having pets. I yeah. mean, definitely. Yeah. But um, that's part of the learning experience of having them. And, you know, it's, it's one of the things. I mean, there's an ethical quandary about everything. Look at this. I've got a disposable fork. Yes. Yeah. Yes, my I've been thinking about it more that when my wife we have two kids and when my wife and I had started having conversations about having children in like the early to mid part of the first decade of the century. Yeah. I said, you know, like is it responsible is it for them? Like is it responsible for the planet to have <laughs> yeah. children? Like yeah, I, everything exactly. I'm reading says no. Yeah. But then we went ahead and did it anyway, uh, and uh, and it's I couldn't imagine life without them. Yeah, but, and it's uh, always better that those people are in the world. But it's true that yeah. beforehand, it's a big question. Yeah, and now you get people like Macron in France who are trying to like encourage French people to have babies to reinforce the economic whatever, and it sort of feels a bit gross. Well, and and yes, and I think there's also uh, I don't want to get too whatever, but I. Th- when you think about Mormons or Christians or whoever that want to breed more people like them. Just back in the day mentality, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just sort of... Right. Whereas economically, most people I know who are younger are like, I'll never own a car, I'll never own a house, I'll never have kids. Yeah. Because of the financial implications, the economic implications, not even let alone the ecological ones. Yeah, exactly, let alone the ecological ones. We saw it, this is pretty unrelated but i'm gonna say anyway on the on the bus on the way here today we drove past uh, like a daycare center <laughs> i'm sorry this is not gonna be i hope this is gonna be anyway whatever i'll try and get it done with go, go. and it said i don't know sunny times daycare or whatever and then it said <laughs> and then it said child care space but at what cost <laughs> <laughs> and then it said, call 751 something, something, something. <laughs> That's weird. What is that even going to, what What are you going to accomplish calling that number? That doesn't make no sense. But I think they didn't realize what they were doing when they put that on the, yeah. on the sign. It can't, they can't have known what, but at what cost means. Yes. Or it was a joke. Or it was just a really clever way of getting me to just think about their sign. Childcare, but at day. what cost in the current 
landscape is a very interesting question yeah, to pose. Yeah, it's a thesis but, title. But they meant to say, how much does it cost, I guess? That's really... Yeah, if you want to know how much it costs, call this number. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, that is really... So did you have these quandaries yourself before you had a child? What sort of quandaries? The ones about... Childcare. No. <laughs> yeah, what cost? This is, well, I mean, yeah, there's that part of it, too. But just yeah. the notion of, like, what am I bringing into this world? Yeah. Is it actually good for the planet to have yeah. more people? Because I have... We're starting to see that in Western culture, we just seem to keep having children and there's not a lot of space for them or us. And the planet is, this was not meant to be a depressing conversation. I'm just, this is, this is the (laughs) reality of the situation. turning into a phone call with my dad. (laughs) (laughs) You're not the the first to to say that I remind someone of their dad. No. All I was going to talk about (laughs) was dogs and liking to be outside and inside and children and how maybe it was a weird uh, conflation for me Mm because I was suggesting that small babies and animals are maybe very similar and they bite things and they need yeah. to taste things and to they... feel a part of society or something or loved or whatever. But but now we're, yeah, we're into this thing. I mean, you say yeah. you wouldn't have a dog. You said you were intrigued by my dog thing. So yeah. it hadn't occurred to you. No, no, no. I hadn't thought about dogs. I, hadn't, I mean, also, I hadn't, like, there's nothing about babies or kids in that album either. No. But... Um, I mean, it's called, what's it called? The album is called... Careful of Careful your Careful keepers. of your keepers. Mm. Which I... Again, I thought, okay, I think I'm on to something here. <laughs> Who needs a keeper? Usually an animal, mm-hmm. uh, a pet. But also, I mean, your parents are kind of initially anyway. It's a horrible way of putting it. It's true. I guess the main way that children might be in this album is that elders, I think, are in this album. Yeah. And I guess where there are elders, there are youngers, and youngers are just yeah. the next generation. But, I, yeah, no kids or dogs consciously nope. went into the album. But okay. But I love that they're in there for you. <laughs> they are. They are in there for me. And I alluded to the fact that I hear, and I don't know if you would, how you would speak to this, your approach to l- the lyrics on this record. Mm-hmm. As I say, I hear a lot of repetition. I hear, a, is that on purpose? Is that? Um, a, yeah, that's what I do. I'm a repetitive always. person. Yeah. And I like the way that things change when you repeat them. And I guess this is a kind of, this is almost... So many things that are called childlike, I feel like are actually just human-like. It's just actually what humans do. Right. Like, but I feel like that thing of just repeating something and changing the emphasis and just seeing how the meaning and the sound changes for you, I feel like it's it's not the same every time, even though it's the same thing getting said every time. There's a certain insistence when someone repeats themselves. Yeah, it sort of it changes it when you. Yeah. how many times you say something yeah. and so there's that there's the sort of just the way it sounds the music musicality of like words and phrases of certain words and phrases and just how it feels to say it in your mouth like that's actually something that um yeah. is quite has a big influence on what i write is like will i enjoy speaking or singing this and so that's that happens but yeah repetition how old, I'm into is, your, how old is your daughter She'll be 17 in a few weeks. Oh, 17. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say that my kids are 12 and 9. Yeah, And nice. uh, we end up talking about repeating ourselves. Yeah. And what tends to happen, I don't know if you have this in your history, uh, talking to your child, but you'll say, uh, hey, can you go pick up the thing over there, please? And yeah. they'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you'll come back and you'll be like, hey, can you pick up that thing? over? You didn't pick up the thing. And they'll be yeah. like, oh, yeah, right, I'll do it. By the third one I have found, my voice is a little louder. Yeah, exactly. It changes. It repetition. changes. I'm saying the same thing, but it's a little louder. Yeah. And what I've tried to explain them when I, 
because I don't want to be upset with my kids about something stupid like, did you pick up that thing? Yeah. What I've said to them is the reason people repeat themselves and their voice, or rather the reason people's voices rise is because they don't feel like they're being heard. Yeah, yeah, they're feeling like, yeah. yeah. And so when you are upset with each other, I think it's, you think about it, it's because you don't feel like you're being listened to. Yeah. So there's, I'm, I'm drawing maybe a, a parallel that isn't present in these songs. I don't know that you say that your things change as you repeat them. I think so, yeah. And your experience of saying them and of hearing them changes. And the, one of the things I realized since making the album, someone sort of introduced me to the idea of, I don't know the exact title, but it's something, it's like the Gestalt paradoxical theory of change or something like that, okay. or, or theory of paradoxical change or something like that. Okay. Whereby, things not changing they will change inherently inherently and just like by sort of um giving in to like instead of like trying to change something about you or yourself you're just constantly like why do i do that i've got to stop doing that i've got to stop being like that if you just sort of go oh that's what i'm like yeah then it will end up changing and i feel like i really recognize that in myself and in a lot of the writing on the album so do you I, what I tried to do is just now is frame how repeating oneself is a it, it can reflect a communication breakdown of some kind. Like I've had to keep yeah. saying the same thing to you and you're not hearing me. Yeah. And I'm just going to say it until you hear me, basically. Do you find that in this approach to uh, putting a song together, you're dealing with communication in some way? Like, I mean, um. sorry. When you're when you're writing a song and you're yeah. singing a song, you are communicating. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you're saying something about communicating by repeating yourself so much? I don't think so. Not knowingly, not yet. Like in 24 hours, that what your suggestion might have percolated through, and I might sort of go, "Oh, yes, I see what you mean." But okay. I don't th- think so. Not off the first. So I can catch up with your tour bus, and we can have a follow up interview just to make sure yeah, exactly. that you're like, <laughs> yeah, "I thought about what you said, and <laughs> now I have an answer that's going to be." <laughs> we great. We're on a red arrow bus. We don't have a tour bus. <laughs> oh, you're in the red arrow. Okay, sorry, I didn't know that. Well, whatever. That's I'll, fine. I'll catch up. So and, that's easy to get yeah, on okay. that. Can, yeah, we can like, go yeah. together. <laughs> I, and I, I apologize for doing, you know, maybe a rudimentary psychoanalysis of it. I'm just yeah, trying it's good to. Fun. Well, I'm trying to figure it out because I, yeah. I feel like when someone, particularly those who are with an with an animal, with a dog, they they become accustomed to a few phrases. Yeah, it's true. Whatever, commands or whatever. But then yeah. foods to eat dinner time, they know it. Like the, we're going yeah. for a walk, you know. Have you, heard, have you heard of the thing where people can't say the word walk to a dog? They have to say, they have to spell it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a weird, that's a communication thing. The animal figures it out. And yeah. children and babies are kind of the same as they start communicating. I mean, we all are, yeah. yeah. We yeah. all just learn the communication tricks and it, we don't even realize it. Yeah. And quite often it's just the tune of a phrase yeah. that we understand more than actually the words. Yeah. And we just say stuff that's kind of meaningless, like, oh, I don't even know. I can't think of an example. But, you know, quite often we we just make a praising noise at someone yes, and yes. put whatever words in that the don't mel- sort of mean anything. The melodic anything. tone of our voice yeah. is meant to convey yeah. as much as that. Which is nice, which is what, you know, humans yeah. are sort of musical creatures and that is a way of communicating. And I feel like quite often words can get in the way of us communicating because yeah. we're constantly like focused on talking and reading and writing and speaking but this like that might just be sort of quite a small percentage of how we communicate as humans <laughs> like there's yeah. so much that we do with our bodies or our energy or just you know there's a lot going on isn't there <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to Creative Control, as always. Uh, As you may have heard me mention, 
I recently lost my day job, and I've had a few conversations with people since who've said, uh, you had a day job? I thought your podcast was your day job. When I explained why it hasn't been my day job to a friend, he suggested I should share some of this information with people like you listening right now. So in short, unless they have some giant exclusive million-dollar contract, podcasters are not paid to make stuff by companies like Apple and Spotify. Podcasters do not make any money from streaming royalties. Ad revenue is dependent on a certain threshold of downloads each month, and even if your show is accessed 30,000 times a month, the income you get is actually really minimal. So podcasters like me usually make time in our lives to support our communities and our interests to make these shows, and our most reliable source of income for this work is, in fact, crowdfunding. In my case, it's my Patreon. So if you'd like to receive ad-free episodes earlier than everyone else, regular newsletters and blog posts, bonus audio content, and support my work, quite literally, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The marriage of lyrics and music for any musician can be a fascinating one. Uh, given what we were talking about, I couldn't help but marvel at some of the arrangements here, and they're kind of hypnotic. Mm, yeah, quality. the drumming. I'm I, I I'm a drummer. Oh, nice. I was a drummer when I was younger, and I haven't. You're been playing. still a drummer. I have the drum kit, <laughs> and my son and I started have started playing a little bit together. But my That's point nice. is this: the drumming really is great for yeah. one thing. Yeah, I, not to highlight great. one instrument, but um, it drives the songs in particular ways. And there's, some of the parts are really busy. Yeah. But it creates this hypnotic quality along with your singing. Can you talk about the relationship between um, your phrasing as a lyricist and your uh, this, this idea we've been talking about repeating yourself and how it might relate to the music, like how those two things live together? Yeah, I guess all of us in the band are quite into sort of droney, trancey, repetitive music of some form or another. And so we sort of naturally sort of get drawn to that sort of play and exploration in music, I think. Yeah. And then in terms of the lyrics and the repetition and the music, I guess one thing might be that it's just when you're, when I'm sort of playing the song and it's not yet finished, you kind of have to fill the space where there's going to be singing yeah. and you end up just repeating yourself. Yeah. And then sometimes that just gets set and it's just like, oh, it makes sense that I say that again there or this many times or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting one, but it's sort of, 
it's true that Jamie's drumming is... Well, I've just never really met anyone or heard anyone else that drums like him. Yeah. And it's quite difficult. Lucian, our drummer on this tour, he does a great job of playing Jamie's parts. Yeah. But it's it's not obvious and it's quite hard. And he plays open and he does sort of funny unorthodox things that other drummers who have been like taught how to play drums um can't yeah. do very easily. Yeah. And Rosie said a nice thing once. She, what did she say? She said, no one dares to groove like Jamie Whitby Goals. <laughs> and it's nice because he does. It's very he really grooves. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it can be a little martial, like almost like a like an off kilter march or something and yeah, lots maybe, of fill yeah. like lots yeah, of yeah. fills right and it's but it's, it's funny i don't think of jamie as a filler but you're right maybe that on this album there's a few fills well rolls at least like yeah, there are yeah, songs he's yeah, there's yeah. lots of rolls and he's, he's a real like for me what i love about jamie's drumming is the kind of and what i always look for in making a song like with all the parts is that it feels like a sort of oiled coggy machine yeah that's just like sort of trundling along in a nicely oiled way yeah that is what i really enjoy being in so in terms of the evolution of your writing in this is the kid mm-hmm. let's let's talk about this record are you someone who brings what you feel is a fully formed song to your collaborators or is it like i have loose ideas can we get together and try to figure them out i'm trying even based on just what we were just talking about i'm not sure if yeah, it's which one or the one? other well yeah. i feel like usually it's bring a fully formed song like i feel like for a few different reasons partly because i want a song i want to feel like i can play a song on my own yes. without the band yeah. and it still feel like a song yeah. so that's one of the reasons why i like to finish the song first and also another reason is that it makes me really nervous playing new songs to the band like it's sort of i find it much more scary than playing a new song to an audience yeah for I guess obvious reasons so the way I end up playing new songs to the band usually is I just will play them at gigs because that way I don't have to look at their faces like how they're reacting I'm just sort of like doing the gig playing a song on my own it's a new song and they sort of wait a minute sorry you're not debuting the new song in front of them and everyone watching are you yeah it feels or is it a sound preferable. check? Like, no, 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 no. It's got. It wouldn't work in a sound check. I'd feel too stressed. And you just start playing a brand new song that no one in the whole room has heard, and you're like, "You guys on stage, you follow me." Well, no, they wouldn't play along. It would be like oh. one of the songs in the sets where I like oh. play a song on my own. Okay. So they'll just like have a break, and I'll play the song, and, oh, then, I see. and they'll hear it, and then eventually, yeah, it's quite a sort of weird sort of um sort of passive smoking approach to like sharing songs but like well it seems but yeah. it seems to me that you you value your autonomy as well yeah yeah there's yeah. that but also yeah i'm just really i'm a chicken i'm I, it really scares me playing them new songs so doing it during a gig feels safer for some reason yeah okay you also uh, worked with uh, a producer on this record. Yeah. Uh, had you worked with him before? No, I'd sung a bit on Griff's album. Like he had been in France recording and so I, he'd asked me to come and do a bit of singing and then we've sort of crossed paths at festivals and gigs where we've both been playing and stuff. But mainly I'm just a really big fan of his and thought it would be really like that is someone I'd want to spend time in a studio with like yeah. the human side is quite important to me like i don't like you've got to like hanging out with a person so you knew him socially <laughs> more than you did not very much but oh. i knew that i was oh. gonna like him right. like i knew that he was a lovely guy and yeah. it would just be a nice 
connection to make and I love his songwriting and his music and I just thought this is going to be a good person and I knew that it would work with the band as well because you don't want to choose someone that's going to rub them up the wrong way they just love him to bits he was really great at like communicating and listening and guiding and it was really great and he's also from England right he's from Wales he's from Wales okay so uh and you're both living in Paris. No, he oh. actually still lives in Wales, oh, okay. but he was in France working on his album. He'd like did it with a French engineer, recorded it in Paris, and so he was there. Oh, he happened to be that. there. Yeah. And how long have you been there? Sort of eighteen years. Oh, a long time. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I thought it was a relatively new development. No, no, no. That's okay. fine. No need to apologise. <laughs> I thought of uh, when I read about you living in in Paris and being uh, English. I believe mm-hmm. yes. Uh, I thought of the Rolling Stones and Exile on Main Street. Did they live in Paris? There was a whole tax exile oh, situation okay. in the late 60s and 70s. The Beatles song Tax Man oh, yeah, yeah. is about the tax stuff. These guys became wealthy millionaires and then realized, what the hell? It's, I, I said this to my wife. She's like, they sound selfish. They, I'm sound, like, like, they sound like Amazon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like finding these tax havens. But Exile yeah. on Main Street, I think, as I recall, is a reference to them being tax exiles right. and trying to get out of the tax code this is a really random tangent i just when i heard an english person moving to she brought it up my wife and i said you know what it reminds me of and i I assume there are other you didn't i'm not clever (laughs) enough to do that sort of thing (laughs) what brought you to france just having a look i'd I'd been you know it's somewhere that i've gone regularly throughout my life either on holiday as a kid or just like you know visiting friends or sisters or whatever who have lived in Paris oh, okay. at different times and then me and Jesse just decided to go and have a look and huh. we still live there now we still live there now yeah okay. how's your French it's all right it's you have okay. to ask, ask Lucien he'll be able to tell you how my French Lucian's is Lucien's French Lucien's French yeah okay. <laughs> so when you ponder we've talked also about all sorts of things in a way I don't know that I actually cracked the code I told you my theory about this album what the dogs and babies theory? The uh, dogs and babies theory yeah. is one thing. Yeah, that's one thing. And then there's this, the music and and how hypnotic that is. Oh yeah. You seem uh, reluctant to divulge too much because you yeah. don't want to give it away. I don't want to spoon feed people stuff, yeah. and I also feel like, yeah, this I appreciate like the things that I like, the writers or music or songs or whatever yeah. that I like is the stuff that feels like you can find a connection. Yeah. Like a personal connection that feels quite magic, and when when it feels too like spelled out and spoon fed, it doesn't feel like that anymore. It just feels like this is the blanket one mono sort of tone story in this song, and everyone has to interpret it this way. I'm just not, I just feel like it's nice when people, you know, get it through the prism of their own experience. So you're dropping little. I don't think you think of them as hints. But okay. You're, you're dropping little <laughs> yeah. allusions to the Simpsons, right? Yeah, Pride yeah. and Prejudice. So it's up to yeah. us then to sort of find the little Easter eggs. I think. Yeah. You mentioned just now some writers you admire. As okay. we're speaking in 2024. Yeah. Can you just sort of elaborate upon that? Who are some writers who write in this sort of enigmatic style? I suppose. Well, I don't feel like. I mean, I don't know if I'd call it enigmatic. Not all the time, anyway. Hmm. But she's definitely got potential to be enigmatic but Ursula Le Guin is just one of my hugest heroes and that is one of the things I love most about her writing is she doesn't over explain or spoon feed you stuff she was really good at just letting you get there yourself and that's so much more rewarding and satisfying to like Mm. join up the dots and realize what she's talking about 
yeah. in your own time rather than it just feels really sort of clumsy when someone when they're obviously like shoving in that sentence because they want to explain to you you know it's sort of it's like when you're listening to a radio play and they've got to explain what's going on all the time because obviously you can't see what's happening right. it, it's just sort of a bit forced and it's less rewarding than when you can work it out for yourself just so people uh, recognize this like i appreciate what you're saying mm-hmm. i appreciate how you know there's an artfulness to making something and and it's open to interpretation like yeah. that's just how you have to live because I don't know. That's just life. That's just that's exactly. the world. <laughs> yeah, you can't talk to I'm fortunate. I'm here with you. You can tell if I ask you direct questions, you may or may not answer them, but most people don't. They just have the songs to live with and think about. Yeah, yeah. However, you did something that not everyone does. You provided a kind of track by track. Oh uh, yeah. Sort of breakdown. I'm just I'm opening it here not to look at anything in particular, but I found this rather rewarding. Oh cool. Okay. And, and I appreciated it. Oh, well, I'm glad. But and uh, this is not a trial. I'm not trying to call you as a, a, be a hypocrite or nothing. Yeah, go for it. This is interesting. Do like, I contradict myself? <laughs> for someone who wants to be like you, I made a thing, you live with it. Yeah. What prompted you to do a kind of track by track? The record person? label tell me to do it. They tell you to do it, but yeah. couldn't you have said, because uh, even, but by the way, I should also say, artful track by track. They are okay. almost like poems. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I mean, the thing is, when people ask me to sort of explain songs, I get in a total um, tangle because yeah. for me, the song is me explaining those ideas. Right. And so then to explain the explaining, I, I sort of start bugging out yeah. and not knowing, not knowing what to say. And all I can do is sort of write lists. I can't. And I guess the way I write songs as well, I'm not, I've never been very good at like paragraphs or essays or like forming sentences in a sort of, yeah. uh, you know, newspaper way or whatever. Yeah. So this is kind of, how I can do it and that and so I try and do it to the best of my ability but it's true that it's not it's true I could say no but I don't like being the difficult person <laughs> no, no. I don't like being the difficult team member everyone's like trying really hard to make something work and then I'm just going no nah, I'm not going to do that no, and it, you, and- the fact that you did it so artfully <laughs> in itself like it's it is both illuminating but not at the same time yeah and then once i am doing it i do sort of think oh yes this is a useful little reflection exercise like yeah. i do i do end up finding stuff out about my songs what did you, okay so there's a little clue this mm-hmm. is what we haven't maybe got to okay because you've had time you've had time to play the songs you've yeah. had time to talk to people like me mm-hmm. and you've mentioned a few earlier were like yeah i, re- I remember th- learning some things at the time yeah as we're speaking now yeah what is this record saying about you and that in a way that surprised you about yourself that's what i'm wondering because okay this I, might be a long silence that you're gonna to have to edit out because i'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> that's fine i i can fill any silence those who listen to my show regularly know i am not afraid to fill a silence but so surprising me about myself or 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 l- things you've learned as you play these songs every night about the songs because they are you these songs yeah. are an extension of you so yeah, as you're are. like huh can i have a little look at yes, my you notes should look at your notes yeah, yeah. yeah they're somewhere <laughs> in the back there i'm just curious this is getting a little meta now i happen to print off i have a printer everyone i'm old and my kids need printing sometimes so yeah, i was I like i'm not going to look at these as i speak to kate but i'll have them on hand as a security blanket and look how useful it is because now i'm yeah having a quick scan over and i think the most thing the most the most thing the most thing, the yeah. most thing yeah. about this <laughs> album is what i was saying about the gestalt theory of paradoxical change just that change will happen whatever and 
nothing changes. And then in it not changing, it changes. Like just that sort of impossible diagram of things being the same as they always were and probably will stay the same, but they've completely changed. But they haven't, but they have. You mean like a child or a dog? Who start out as one thing and change quite a bit, but also are kind of the same. Well, maybe through your prism of child and dog experience. I'm sorry. I don't even have a dog. I've never owned a dog. I had a cat. I miss my cat, Gary. He died. But yeah, there is something about these animals Mm -hmm. uh, that we keep. Yeah. You know, if you're lucky, you get them as a puppy and they grow and then they stop. They stop growing pretty quickly. Within like a few months, they're like, that's who you are until you're gone. Whereas a baby grows into a child and... uh, And we're just still at it now. We just don't stop. We just relentlessly grow. We evolve and we grow, but they are kind of the same. It's exactly what you just said Mm -hmm. as I think about my children. Yeah, that's the same person they were when they were born. But they're changing a little bit. Yeah, and they're just sort of unfolding and yes. like branches growing out and stuff. But every day is sort of repetitive and every day their body is growing a little bit. I mean, that's the human yeah. experience, isn't it? And I think that's what's happening in your Yeah, song. maybe you're right. Maybe it's the old human experience yeah. again. So as a mother, <laughs> and again, I don't mean to voice too much. What I was really trying to get to is you're mm-hmm. in France. You're yeah. a mother. Yeah. You're on tour. You're a musician. Mm-hmm. I just wonder if all of the external sort of factors in your house, in your life rather, and in your house, Uh are informing these songs. I'm not asking you to tell me what they're about, but they're all kind of there, aren't they? I mean, I don't see how it can't inform. Like, life just will always inform what comes out of you in a creative sort of way. But maybe Um, not conceptually. Like, under one... It seems to me that these songs go where they go, and you don't really know... I mean... Sometimes I think about this. I think about writing out the lyrics on a big bit of paper, probably A1 or something. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then, like, for each line, getting a different color pen and then, like, explaining a little bit about the image or the idea behind that line. For yourself? For myself, but also that's the only, that's another way, that's another way that I think I would be able to explain the songs because otherwise I don't, I don't manage it. Yeah. I think I'd sort of need a sort of, big whiteboard and a visual aid and like you know three different color pens well to your earlier point like maybe it's not it's not your responsibility to explain songs to the <laughs> yeah, receiver I guess so. yeah, I guess so. but now we're talking about something totally different where you might want to write something down so you have a better sense of what the songs are about well i mean it's kind of i mean that's probably actually what i did to do those yeah. song by song little um lists or whatever track by tracks i think there was actually a lot of me looking at my lyrics and writing notes about each line and where it came from and what it was where it was going and stuff but i just feel like maybe one day i'll do it on a big bit of paper so that other people understand it as well so doing that exercise did that teach you something about these songs well yeah i mean it taught me all this that i wrote all these lists and things i mean what normally happens as i can see just sort of scanning over it it's just there's loads of question marks yes it just you know the songs just sort of offer up more questions than they do answers really yeah and uh so that's that i guess so the songs as we established earlier um might the lyrics might emanate from different points in your life they may not just all be contemporary thoughts um when when were most of these songs written? Was it during this pandemic time? No, no, I couldn't write anything during the pandemic. Okay. Totally 
totally ground, oh, so are, ground to a halt. <laughs> even though this record came out in 2023, the songs predate the pandemic. Post-date the pandemic. Post-date the pandemic. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So like, um, yes, because I had an album that came out bang 2020 right in the pandemic like we finished recording it and everyone went home and then all of the borders shut and okay if any if we'd finished it a day later we'd all be stuck oh, I in see. So, so these songs were written 2022 2020 exactly okay. yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. 21 22 22 probably just 22 actually what am i talking about but it's true that i mean with the with the album came out in the pandemic it was all written in 2019 it was recorded before you know everything got clamped down yep. but there's a lot of stuff in it that people thought was directly about the pandemic and then with this album as well there's a few bits and bobs that people think are about the pandemic namely i guess the song stuck in a room but it just or isn't doomed or more doomed exactly as well yeah. yeah that that um that sounds like a bit of a pandemic that's one a, that's an interesting perspective you would have as someone who speaks to people like me and they're trying to interpret your your lyrics mm-hmm. and try to figure out the time and place of them as I'm doing right now, but yeah. I'm kind of stalling. Uh, <laughs> so I have formulate my question, but <laughs> when people read a pandemic into your songs and you're like, mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with that. But uh, like you said to me earlier, like I'm happy that it, yeah, that's what totally, you're yeah. happy with this. I'm totally happy with yeah. this because that is their experience and that is their experience of that song. And that is how they interpret that and me. And that's how that song reaches them. Yeah, And also maybe something happened in the pandemic that did influence that. I mean, definitely I lived through the pandemic. So the person I am now yeah. is, has been altered because of that. Yeah. And so inevitably how I write and what I write will be different to if I hadn't lived through that pandemic, but I'm not writing about it. It's person. not overt for you. There's no overt reference to this universal no, there's, experience. There's no okay. direct one. I mean, I guess it's, yeah, that was probably a good observation of you about doomed or more doomed. Cause that wasn't, this is like that's probably the closest one not because it's about the it's not about the pandemic but it's just about it started off me thinking about you know who's in charge and who makes the decisions and how much power do we have and yeah what have we got to choose from these days is it is it it's like the lesser of two evils all day every day yeah and that is a difficult sort of reality to live in <laughs> yes yeah so as you it sounds sorry you don't write on tour is that what you said earlier no i mean i sort of note things down but i don't write songs i'm never sort of on my own yeah. really on tour right, right and right. i do need that to, be, need to write I need to be on, yeah. since the release of this album though which again has been six seven months now or something like yep, that something have, like that have yeah. you been writing or um, have you sorry have you written songs? i haven't written no. any songs i've been sort of doing some co-writing like oh. like i've been writing with lucian's got a really nice project called hannah miet and i did a bit of i did a bit of singing and writing with him and just some other projects a bit like that just where people say can you write some melody and words to this but i haven't done any writing the music myself writing yet because you've been touring i've just been on tour yet okay yeah is touring different than it used to be in any particular way like mm, before the pandemic probably because everything is different all the time yeah but do you feel it in the room as a performer if i do it's it's through a sort of heightened sense of we already need this yeah, yeah and yeah. people yeah. are really happy to be at gigs and yeah. they it's sort of it's real sort of primary nutrition for everyone yeah. for the musicians and for the audience like and me too when i'm at gigs that i'm not playing i'm just like 
I really need this. This is great. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much I needed it before, I think. Well, it's great that you're out there doing this. And yeah, I feel very lucky. I hope you have this tour. When does it sort of wind down so you can write? Um, 4th of March. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then and then back home. And then there's little bits of touring over the summer. But from September, I've got a hard, um, what's the word? Cut-off point. Yes. And I'm just going to not do touring any gigs. Hi- touring hiatus. Touring hiatus for as long as I can so I can write as much as I can and just sort of enjoy it and not feel rushed. You, do you write albums conceptually? Ever? Um, no. I never start off thinking this is going to be the plan. Uh, actually, that might be a slight lie. <laughs> When I have thought that, it doesn't happen. Okay. And other times I don't think that. In, well, you know what? I think the more, before an album, if I think this album's going to be a bit themed on this, it never happens. And then if I just think random bunch of songs, see what happens, that's always much more conceptual, or not conceptual, but that's always much more coherent in the end well, than the one I was planning to make coherent. If yeah, like the song about, like the album kicks off with this song, a goodbye bite and then as the record continues we do mm-hmm. hear biting and chewing come up yeah yeah slides, yeah so i know people who write songs end up doing this they'll write a thing in a random spot on a piece of paper and then they'll just grab different expressions and words and then they they maybe talking to someone like me they'll be like oh yeah i didn't even that's not planned it's just yeah that repetition of, of things so exactly you can't yeah. plan it and also it feels wrong i guess there's a certain amount of editing out you can do but Sometimes I think with this album, I was just like, no, I'm just going to leave it in. That's yeah. what came out and yeah. that that's what I'll leave in. Okay. So we don't exactly know what's next, except you've got this touring and then you're going to sit down and write yeah. at this point. Okay. Yeah. If people want to learn more about this is the kit, uh, using their telephones and computers, um, first Here's of all, my number. You, <laughs> where would you like to direct them online? Well, wherever they like, really. I mean, we're in all the usual places. Do you person your own social media platforms? Are you in charge? Sort of a joint effort with oh. me and my management because okay. I'm sort of not as organized and on the ball right. with sort of announcing dates and things like that. I'll quite often miss a, yeah. an important thing. Yeah. But then I do, you know, I try and sort of make it, I try and enjoy it. Do you know, you know When you're on the road, it feels like there's things happening. Yeah, like, hey, it we're feels at like thing. flicking through a magazine. So yeah. I'll sort of flick through and then I'll sort of put a something that interests me or something that yeah. upsets me or something that <laughs> at the moment it's a lot of upset and oh i'm sorry but uh, well i, I mean, guess there's the a world, lot to be there's a lot to be upset about, about. Yeah. it's pretty well this is again why i was asking how the world gets reflected in your work and it mm. sounds like you don't even know like this period we're in right now with everything terrible that's happening yeah i mean i'm a bit worried about the writing that i'm going to do next because it's going to be because i can feel all of this is sort of it's so physical it feels like at the moment the sort of distress and it's visceral dystopia that's happening at the moment and the sort of utter despair for the future and how much worse it could get yeah i don't know what'd you do what'd you do with that i don't know the only thing i will say uh is that i personally and probably selfishly even though i share this show with you know thousands and thousands of people like Mm -hmm. this it means a lot to me that people like you continue to make things and 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 make me feel things about those things. Yeah, I think we do all need to keep making things and keep feeling things. Yeah. But we also need to sort of not be scared to speak out about stuff and then not mind if someone disagrees. Yeah. But it's but it's yeah, it's really hard because you feel yeah. so sort of your hands are tied and you can't 
no one's listening. No one's sort of like like there's so much noise. Everyone's sort of shouting at each other. And then the people that are supposedly sort of you've elected to sort of represent you and make things better just don't. Well, you know, like every time I write to my MP, I just get a message back saying I've been off ill or like um, automated message, automated or message, yeah. or just like a thing, just like oh, just like a horrible right wing lie comes back, and yeah. I just think, oh wow, this is. I mean, I didn't vote for that MP. So they might know, I guess that's why they might, that's why they might know like, you're not actually someone. But they some need people to. voted for them, and some yeah. people probably want them to, you know, make a difference in the government and demand demand some decency. You know, this goes back to the repetition thing we were talking about because we all end up doing the same things. We all go to protests. We mm-hmm. all do this, and we yeah. hope we're heard. And but we're not. I think, unfortunately. The other part of it, and my wife says this to me, or used to say this to me, I don't mm-hmm. do this as much anymore, is like the more you repeat yourself, the more they're going to tune you out about our kids. Oh, yeah, with the kids. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, it's Like tricky, we can't stop yeah. fighting. Like we have to yeah. do things. It's just the efficacy yeah. when it's not there, you get down. It is tricky. It's yeah. relentless and and makes you feel like there's no point in anything. But there is a point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel that and i just want to convey again thank you for making this music and for spending time with people like me who oh, have loose ideas about what you're on about and uh <laughs> that's great thank you thanks thanks for like thinking all this stuff and taking the time to like ask questions well i I'm, I'm quite smitten with the record so oh, it means a lot you. to get to talk to you about it um thank if you. we can go out on a song yeah from careful of your keepers i wonder if you can choose one for us and also mm. tell us why it came to mind okay maybe Oh, in light of our last bit of chat, maybe I will choose the song Careful of Your Keepers. Okay. Because we do need to be careful about the people who are in charge. And we also need to be careful about the people who we have the power to look after. And we, we have to be careful of the people that we are responsible for and our actions. And we have to be, and we have to keep an eye on the people who are responsible for looking after us, but don't necessarily always look after us Mm -hmm. and you know it's there's and we're also just our own keepers we're just sort of individual beings out there sort of well again not to bring back the parent child theory i have but Mm -hmm. like careful of your keepers i think you're probably getting to the same age as i am where my i'm sorry i don't know your whole situation but my parents are getting older yeah and i'm starting to be like and i'm away from them i moved away from them so but when i talk to them like oh boy this is coming like yeah so it made me think of that too yeah it makes me think of that as well yeah and uh yeah <laughs> but but i don't want it to be a, a hopeless you know no you know, it's not we, hopeless we it's, can, it's just uh, to me it's a it's a, it's almost a statement of, it's a very loving statement yeah to be careful it's not simply careful of your nefarious politician keepers yeah. or overlords or whatever i i view it more as as you say as you can tell by my trying to find some dogs and children in here yeah. i see there's love in that yeah there's love in that and devotion in that yeah because yeah. there's this kind of you know we don't realize sometimes how people have been looking after us and i think part of that part of this album and especially this song is that realization that these certain people have been looking after you your whole life yes. and you didn't realize or like maybe take the time to thank them or something. yeah and as you get to a certain point or you encounter in my case if you go through kind of a health crisis with your parents it mm-hmm. really crystallizes how yeah. important they are to you and yeah it does and after 
Anyway, I won't get into that. People who know the show know my the stories there. Okay. Let's go to the title track right now from this wonderful album by This Is The Kit. This is Careful Of Your Keepers. Okay, this was an honor and a pleasure. Thank you for making Likewise. time for me. I hope you Thank enjoyed you. yourself and, and yeah. have a great show tonight and enjoy much. Canada. Yeah, will do. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thanks again to Kate Stables for being on this show. This time, what was it? Is anyone counting besides me? Why am I counting? Why am I counting all the episodes? Do you know why? If anyone knows why I'm counting the episodes, tell me, because I've lost track of why I'm counting. But I'm pretty sure this is episode 841 of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. You can like or follow Creative Control on various social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky. There's a YouTube channel. Everything you might need to click on or subscribe to or whatever. 
is uh, present in the link tree. So if you see a thing that says follow Vish online, click on that and you can do just that. So thank you very much. Most importantly, though, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to sustain me and my work. Uh, There are different tiers where you get different things, uh, and I urge you to check that out. Of course, uh, the $10 American a month tier uh, might seem like a lot of money, but you enter a, a prize pack draw, monthly prize pack draw for records and other things. And uh, even at the $4 tier, I believe, yeah, the $4 tier and onward, you get uh, episodes before they come out to the general public. Those episodes, by the way, are completely ad and promo free. So there are some perks. And if you like a Creative Control t-shirt, just message me on Patreon and I'll get you one while supplies last. Thank you so much. Also want to thank Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee, respectively, in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. All fine independent uh, businesses that uh, provide in-kind support for me and and this show. Also want to thank Jim Guthrie. He's an independent business of uh, his own there. You can learn more about Jim and his great music, some of which I use on the show, at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Kate from... This is the kit that that really was my first in-person interview in about four years. I've tried. There's been a couple of things booked and then people get sick and they can't do it. I think there's been three or four of those over this time period. And then I did do a live uh, event with Cadence Whip and Rolly Pemberton for a book launch he did in Edmonton. But um, yeah, that's it. I know this because my gear that I bring when I go out into the field has just been collecting dust kind of. And it was nice to break it out and talk to Kate and she's lovely and this band is lovely and this record's lovely so check out this the kit if you're not familiar with them and uh, please follow and subscribe to this show and leave a nice rating and review that seems to be helping uh, give the show some more uh, visibility on all the pod platform things so if you can do that that would be great otherwise I will talk to you soon thank you so much bye for now <laughs>